you are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. share with you for the next few weeks out of the book of Joshua, um, a spiritual confidence in the new normal, spiritual confidence in the new normal. Uh, we, we live in a day and a time where so much of what we hear is, I, there's three words, shame, guilt, and fear from our media, from people with agendas, from some of our elected officials. It is shame, guilt, and fear. How many have noticed that? You better do this, or this will happen, or we'll shame you if you don't do that. And um, it has the ability and the capacity to erode our confidence and even our spiritual confidence But God has something for us. We are now living in the new normal. And the new normal, in the new normal, change is certain and vision is everything. And we're going to unpack this morning uh, some of the book of Joshua as uh, Joshua was about to enter the promised land, which was a new normal. He had been there 40 years prior. He and Caleb, Moses, and the whole tribe of Israel had been there. You remember, this is in chapters uh, 13 and 14 of the book of Numbers, they had arrived at the promised land after just a few months of wandering in the wilderness after God had miraculously delivered them from Egypt. But they had to cross Jordan to go to enter into the land that God had set aside for them. And when they came there, Moses sent out 12 spies I don't remember that. Just let me see your hands if you remember this story. Into the land. And what they found, it was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a land where the clusters of grapes, the produce was so large, the men had to put it on poles to carry it. And Moses said, go spy out the land and give us a report. What a wonderful report it was. Uh, Boy. But what happened was two of them, Joseph and Caleb, said, we're well able to go into this land. The Lord will help us. But the ten spies gave a bad report. And in Numbers chapter 13, verses 32 and 33, this is a summary of what they said. They said, this land 
This land is a place that will destroy us. Its inhabitants are giants. And so we became like grasshoppers in our sight. Remember, vision is everything. And so we were like grasshoppers in their sight. Now, I have to tell you, that makes me really upset. Knowing Moses and how he had struck the rock, remember that, and and it had disqualified him from going in. I'm surprised he didn't take the rod and strike those ten guys. I would have wanted to know, give me the name of the giant that you talked with that said that the people of God look like grasshoppers. Right now. Don't go think about it. Don't go pray about it. Tell me who it is right now. Or the ground will open up and swallow you. Ooh. And yet, when they said that, they prevailed and the people of God wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. And God had said to Moses, everyone except Caleb and Joshua, their families, because they have a different spirit, this will be where they spend the rest of their life. And their children will be shepherds in the wilderness instead of rulers in the promised land. Friends, we can get used to anything, even in the wilderness. And you find a certain comfort and routine dealing with the devil you know. How many know what I'm talking about? Too many of us visit the land of God's blessing and promise, but don't live there or we visit it once in a while, like revival or whatever, but then we soon come back. But Joshua, 40 years later, he finds himself now at this point again, again, and Caleb. They had a dream in their heart that God had put something there, that this is for us. In fact, I, I want to talk with Moses in heaven. I can hardly wait. But I also, I want to talk with Caleb. I love that man. He had a different spirit. And when he was 85 and they'd gone into the promised land, he said to Joshua, now you give me this mountain that was promised to me. I'm 85 years old and I have the strength of a man that's 40 years old. And if you give it to me, I will go in and possess it. I really want to sit down with Caleb. I like that man. How about you? We're well able. The new normal. We live in a time it really is a new normal. New normal for the Church of Jesus Christ. Some of the effects uh, I see are a weariness. I want to thank you for being stellar during this time and for pursuing God. <laughs> we, and God has blessed us. It's so good. But God has this new normal that we're in and we're, that we can't go back. It's never going to go back to the way it was. And in a way, thank God. It means that we get to draw closer. We get to do. We get to see God's victory. The stakes are higher. Praise God. On Monday, or Tuesday this past week, I have in my hands a copy of the document that was signed over. I signed it, and then Frank Potter 
who's the, uh, the district superintendent of the Potomac Ministry Network, 360 churches, where they conveyed to us Bel Air Assembly of God, its property, its, its assigns, for no consideration. In other words, they gave it to us. This was a culmination of, in March, um, members uh, at our annual business meeting voted unanimously, and then I got to get down and sign on behalf of Grace Assembly of God. So um, my wife, Chris, who sits on the front, um, the front row, said to me, she said, Paul, there's a place over there that is loaded with weeds, and I'm going over there on Saturday. I, I have to love that. And I said, well, I'm coming too. And I said, I'm going to, I'll help you, but I want to do an assessment of what, what's over there. And so then I called Pastor Josh, and I said, Josh, if you're, uh, are you available? Are you available? If you are, would you meet me over there at 2.30 yesterday afternoon? And he texted me back, and he said, yeah, he said, I'll be, he's on my way over. He said, I'm, I'm just leaving the restaurant. And, uh, and so we got there. These weeds were something else. The vines and the weeds were all tangled in with each other. What a mess. And I'm t I was glad to have Josh because he has this, this young man's strength. How many wish you had a little more young man's strength? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, I think my slow twitch muscles are still good, but my fast twitch, they, <laughs> they've done gone. That's all I can say. And, we got scratched up, cut up, and we pulled those things out, and, and then we did an assessment, and the more we started a set, we, we went in the parsonage, this is what needs to be done. We went in the, in the church building itself, we went into the good part, let me put it that way, and, and the, we started talking, and we started just dreaming, and looking what could be done, and how God could use this place, and how God could fill this place, and I'm going to tell you, I felt like we're in the promised land right then. This is with the new normal that God has for us. And we came back and, and we came out of there and, and uh, I happened to look and I knew that there was a, a Latino family in the neighborhood about half a block away. And, but all of a sudden across the road, Henderson Avenue, out uh, we heard this music. It was Mexican music, right? In one of the, the uh, suburb houses the development house that was there. And then we saw, after a while, a couple of girls come out. They looked like they're 10 or 12, and they're all dressed up, and others came up. And all of a sudden, they just start waving at us. Now, they're not waving at me. They're waving at Josh, right? <laughs> you know, they have those eyes. And so I'm about to say, Josh, say something in Spanish, right? And how many know Josh is pretty quick on the uptake? How many know that? And before I even could say anything, he greeted them. Hola, like that. Como esta, they said. And the next thing I know, there's this conversation going that, quite frankly, it's so quick for me that I love the choruses in Spanish, but I can't even get them to tumble out of my mouth. You know what I'm saying? And the only thing I understood was these big smiles and he said, uh, Benedicionis, is that it? Blessings. And they smiled, and away they went. We saw some of the fruit of what the Lord Jesus Christ has in that area. How many see what, I, what I'm saying? This is part of the new normal for us. 
God might have you, we're all in a season of new normal. He might have you or ask you about to embark on a new normal in your life. So, several of our young adults, or they've gone away to college or they're going to college right here. I saw, uh, I greeted one of the, one of the guys, that I, I know he weighs over 300 pounds now, big. I mean, just big, looks like he could play for the NFL. And I said to him, hey man, and I rubbed his head. I said, I remember when you were this high and I saw a Royal Ranger picture the other day when he was on a camp out. Now this guy towers over top of me. This is first year in college. You have a new normal. Some are aging. You're going into retirement. There's some type of transition. You're wondering how you're going to navigate this. Or God has asked you to do something really personal. He's called you to do something the new normal. And I want to encourage our hearts today as we look at the book of Joshua and what God has for us, how to inherit the promised land, spiritual confidence in the new normal. Let's read Joshua 1, verses 1 through 3. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sign of your foot treads, the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. And if you're online with us this morning, um, we're so glad, and, and I could call some of the names, and we just love you. Um, and, but would you just put every place in the comments, every place, in the comment section. The past, present, and the promise. The first was that the past was now Moses is dead. Moses is dead. Moses is dead. Joshua, his assistant, the present, was now in charge. A shifting often comes before the opportunity. Joshua felt the fear of following to Moses' footsteps. But God had a special word for Moses, for Joshua, that was different than what he gave to Moses. He said, every soul, every place that you go, every place that the sole of your foot treads upon will be yours. A new word for a new season. Moses, my servant, is dead. Joshua, you're now in charge. Often something has to die or end for new life to begin. What encourages us from God's Word is this, is that God has a plan for this new normal. How many know that? God has a plan for this normal. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The second thing that encourages us is that God is faithful. Verse 5, we'll read this together. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you, and I will not forsake you. Joshua did not know the extent of the weight and the challenge of leadership. But what he did know 
And what we know about Joshua is that he had been faithful. He had been patient. He had been a, a person of great courage. Of all Israel, when Moses would go to the tent of meeting to meet with God and meet, uh, as it were, the presence of the Lord, even face to face, it was Joshua and Joshua alone who would stay outside the door of the tent of meeting when everyone else had gone back to their tents. Joshua had stayed there. And God is faithful. Recount the faithfulness of God in your life. The third thing we know is that in verses 7 through 9, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. So that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law, that, and today we say God's word, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have success. See, that word success is twice. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, twice. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God wants you to know today that wherever you go in this new normal, God is with you. God is with you. I only want to go where God has promised to be with me. I do not want to go where I tread on my own. So take God at his word. He tell, calls us to be and to do. Be strong and courageous. Do. Take him at his word. Focus. Meditate. Be careful to do intentional obedience so that God can give us success in the new normal. You've, you've seen in, in our um, uh, in, on a video announcement that in September, uh, we're calling the church to 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm so looking forward to this. Um, we've been blessed. But we're in this new normal. I sense... I sense a lot of things. I sense a spiritual logjam right now of opportunities. How many know that's a good place to be in a spiritual logjam of good opportunities? But we need some breakthroughs for this. When we pray and when we fast, it humbles our heart before the Lord. It draws us close to God. It means that when this happens, as we pray, prayer is as vital to the Christian, the follower of Jesus, as breathing air is to our physical self. John Lindell, who wrote the book New Normal, says, I have strong convictions about prayer because I am generally convinced that prayer makes the difference between what we see and what we don't see. In my experience, it is this simple. People who pray receive from God, and people who don't pray do not. For a Christian, prayer is as vital as breathing. And so, September, we're going to have 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're, 
I believe it's going to be a marvelous time. There will be different forms that you can take. We'll, we'll roll it out next, next Sunday. We'll have a place that you can sign up and commit to it. But uh, I want to encourage you, believe God. Just be asking the Lord right now, God, what do you want me to pray and fast about? And so some will maybe do a meal a day. Uh, some will maybe longer. Some intermittent fasting. Or it wouldn't surprise me if the Lord asked me to do several days in a row. Whatever it is, we're going to consecrate ourselves to the Lord during this time. And we're going to see the victory. Praise his name. I want to encourage you that when God asks you to do something like Joshua, you might feel fear. But feeling the fear doesn't necessarily mean you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. It often means that you're on the precipice of a new land you're about to enter. I want to, I want to, I think it's important to know this. Feeling fear or buyer's remorse in a, in a way or anxiety it happens because you're human. How, how many of you would say, I'm human? Would you say, I'm human, please? Thank you. All right. Just, uh, you're, we need louder to say, I'm human. I'm human. Okay, I'm human. I feel it. I feel these things. That's a common thing. I want, it's important that we don't stop when we feel fear, that we go to the Lord. Very common, common thing to feel fear or, or, or doubt yourself. Now, Chris and I have been married for over 47 years. Best choice I ever made, right? Yes. So we've got, we've, we've, we've got some change in our pockets with each other. We can say that God is faithful. We can say that the Lord is, that we've been faithful to each other. We can say that God's blessed us. We can say in case you think it's always the land flowing with milk and honey, I can tell you that's not always the case, but God's good and God's faithful and His grace has been strong. But I found in my life several times when I really believed that I should do something, then, then this anxiety or worry or even a fear or doubt would settle in. I'll never forget when our wedding date was set, and I don't think I ever told you this, so I'm going to do it publicly. <laughs> and we, was it Letchworth State Park where we went up in Dansville and we hiked? You remember that? Yeah, and, and here's this, I met this beautiful young woman, five foot two and these blue eyes and so smart and oh my goodness, athletic and I'm, I'm just dying, you know, and she went out with me, and so it obviously led somewhere. So I asked her to marry me, but people that know me know I process, and I, I don't always trust my emotions, you know. So we were out, and, and I wanted to ask her to marry me so badly. Oh, the moment was right. How many know what I'm talking The moon and the stars that aligned, you know, just... Oh, I mean, it's just me and you was behind the library. Remember that? And Lake, what do they call that lake downtown? Lake Morton, downtown Lakeland. You walk around at the, you know, it's wonderful. We hold hands and yada, yada, yada. And I said, oh, man. And I said, no, you better not, because that might just be your emotions. Give it another day. So I did, and I asked her the next day. So. Fast forward about a year, May 25th, somewhere around 
May 20th. It was upstate New York. I was so excited. I drove 27 hours straight in my Volkswagen Beetle. No, I did stop for an hour somewhere in Virginia. I slept for an hour, but only one hour and 27 to see my my bride, the one I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And so it's beautiful up in the Finger Lakes. And we went for a hike, a walk. I don't even remember. We're sitting up there on a rock. And all of a sudden, this is a few days before the wedding. And I go, oh, my, what are you about to do? (laughs) Maybe you should call this thing off. I'm telling you, I'm glad I didn't listen to myself. You hear what I'm saying? And God can have something for us. And if we're not careful, we'll talk ourselves out of what God has for us. There have been several, th- several momentous things in my life. And those human feelings come. Fear and anxiety doesn't mean we're at the wrong place at the wrong time. It just means that we might be on the precipice of something big that God wants to bless our lives with. Praise His name. The second thing I want to share with you this morning is this, is that Jordan must be crossed. We must go through Jordan. We have to go through Jordan to get to the promised land. Joshua 3, 5. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Consecrate yourselves. Because it's a spiritual work that we're set apart for, for God's work. Consecrate yourselves. Would you put this in the comments? Consecration. Consecration. We don't hear a whole lot anymore about consecration. But we can't follow the Lord successfully for very long without being consecrated. Consecrated means that we are, we say yes to the Lord, and when we set ourselves apart from this world, and He becomes the object and the focus of our desire. And in effect, we say, Lord, you spend my life the way that you want to spend it. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be what you want me to be. So he said to Israel, consecrate yourselves. There's no safe passage across the Jordan unless we consecrate ourselves to the Lord. This new normal church is not about working harder, but it's about believing and trusting God more. I don't think we can work any harder. I don't, I don't think. I don't think. We had the privilege, as I mentioned, on Tuesday to go to our um, Potomac Ministry Network office. It's the head office for... Uh, 360 churches, and um, in fact, Pastor Ben Ranny, Ranny was with us during our annual business meeting, you might remember him, what a wonderful person, and Frank Potter is the district superintendent, and we, we visited some friends that were there, 
And I still can't get out of my mental picture one of the, one of the leaders, and they were in the doorway, and, and we've known each other, and they looked at us, just the weariness in their eyes, the weariness in their eyes in this new normal. The new normal is, is not like going down I-95 and on cruise control. The new normal, I've likened it to being a NASCAR driver. It's just white knuckle. You never know who's going to spin out in front of you. You never know who's going to slam the brakes. You don't know who's going to cut in front of you. There's no traffic lanes. <laughs> There's just zing, 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 zing. And how many know that can wear us out? Weary. Not just tired, but weary. Bone weary. So the new normal that God has for us is not about working harder but it's about believing and trusting the Lord more. It's about drawing close to the Lord to have the oil of our lamp replenished. It's more about God's work in and through us than our own efforts. During this time, we can expect miracles, but also we should anticipate God's grace. Expect miracles. God's going to do something. That, First service, first service, someone was here. They said, well, I'm just passing through. They handed me an envelope. And that envelope, I could tell, listen, if you're a preacher, you can tell what's inside an envelope. So that's all I can tell. <laughs> Ministry needs have to be met every week, staff salaries, my salary, the lights have to go on, you, you know, insurance, mortgage, you know, you know, just like you. But they came, came up and said, we really appreciate that word this morning. They handed, handed me an envelope. In that envelope, I, it was a thick envelope, and I'm going to tell you there's over $5,000 in cash. Now, I had someone else, I don't count any money by myself, none of the staff does. We had, we had one of our head ushers count it and everything and sign off on it and the whole deal. But I've just said that. I've said because I believe, to me, I took this. As I was preaching on the new normal and part of what God's called me to, called us to, is this is just, just a seed, if you would, just a down payment. Expect a miracle. I did not expect someone I'd never met before and I might never see again to hand me an envelope filled with cash like that. How many know that God is good? God is good, friends. God is good. Yes. So you can expect miracles. We've seen it so many times. Expect miracles. But we can also anticipate the grace of God to be with us. There are times when we expect miracles and it's like sowing seed with our right hand. We we sow in our strength. We sow, we sow, we're obedient, and God pours out His blessing. But then there's times when our right hand is not available to us and we have to sow the Gospel and do the work of the Lord left-handed where it doesn't feel right and it doesn't feel it's in rhythm. And I'll never forget the Lord had said to me, uh, several years ago, it's been about 15 years ago when there was a huge trauma that hit the church and 
the strength was taken out of us and there was two-thirds of the people left within three weeks and, and I didn't know, I couldn't see night for day. I didn't know which end was up, which end was down and the Lord visited me and He said this, He said, the strength, He said, the power is in my Word, it's not in the sower. Can someone say Amen? Amen! And so we sow, sometimes we sow, and there's miracles we thank the Lord for. Other times we sow, we don't feel it. It doesn't feel good. Our strength runs out, but the power is in the seed, in the Word of God, and the grace of God is there with us. Praise His name. Amen. Praise God. Miracles, but the grace of God. I'm working my way through Jeremiah. And... While I'm not going to revisit what happened 15 years ago, I will tell you this. God said to Jeremiah, I've allowed this to happen to my people because of what has happened. You know, they'd gone after idols and they did this and they were unfaithful to God. But he said, this is what I promise. I, after this is done, I am going to come and heal them again. God is a healing God. Can someone say amen? He's a healing God. Whether it's in a church that has been wrecked and traumatized and people say, close the door, sell the church, or whether it's in our personal life or we've experienced trauma and pain, the will of God and the provision for you and for me is the healing portion, the healing touch, the healing grace, the healing process of the touch of God in our lives. Can someone say amen, amen? God is a healing God. Praise His name. Amen. No, by this you will know the living God is among you. Verse 10, if we could read this. Because Joshua had given them instructions what they had to do. And he said, if you'll do this, by this you'll know that the living God is among you. And he will most assuredly dispossess from before you. And he started naming all the giants. By this you'll know, the only way, church, that we can know that the living God is among us is through obedience and trust and growing close to the Lord and obedience, praise His name, regardless of the season of life that we're in. And so, he said the first thing, he said that has to go over the Ark of the Covenant must pave the way. So the priests, spiritual leaders, would take, the priests would take the Ark of the Covenant what that meant is the Ark of the Covenant, the covenant that God has with His people, it will not be violated. Now we live under the New Covenant, the New Testament, the New Covenant, through the, the death of Jesus Christ, the sacrificial death, His blood that was shed on the cross and the power of His resurrection. God's Word says this, that now He's the mediator of a new covenant. When God calls you into a new normal, know this, that God will provide for you. Is there an amen? amen? 
Know this, that the power of Jesus Christ will go before you. He'll go before you. He'll go behind you. He'll be on your right. He'll be on your left. He ever lives to make intercession. It's the covenant that God has with His people and Jesus is the mediator of that. Praise His name. Amen. Whatever new normal that God has asked you to do, you might have just come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's a new normal. Jesus is there as the mediator of that covenant for you. Praise God. He'll be faithful. He's able. He has a plan. Expect miracles. Anticipate God's grace. Then Joshua said, leaders go first. Leaders go first. It's the responsibility and the power of influence. I'm going to ask the band if they'd come up. Leaders go first. Moms, dads, college student, young adult, adult, whatever your sphere of influence is, we have a great responsibility and we have a great influence for the glory of God. Praise His name. Go first. And then the miracle happened. God said to Joshua, when, they, when the priests put their feet in the Jordan, everyone else is going to cross on dry land. Praise God. And they all marched in. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Now, when they got to the other side, I want to share the third thing with you. They got to the other side. <clears throat> God said, make an altar, a memorial. He said, I want the... I want the, um, the leaders of the tribes. And guys, I'm going to read this instead of showing. I'm, I'm going to read Joshua 4, 20 through 24. So they're over there. God wants us to memorialize our victories for them to be part of our story that we pass down to the generations and to each other. That God's been faithful. God's been faithful. When there was nothing on this 31 acres except an abandoned farm and an old abandoned nursery, just briars, briars, trees that were no good, God gave us this property. And through the faithfulness of God, look what we have right now, what God has blessed us with. Can someone say amen? God's faithful. Jen, now, God's been faithful. God's healed the church. God's been faithful. So he said this in verse 20. He said, And the, the twelve stones which they had taken from the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. And he said to the sons of Israel, When your, chi when your children ask their fathers in time to come, just notice this church, it's not when your, if your, children's, your children are going to ask, it's when. When they ask their fathers in time to come saying what are these stones then you shall inform your children saying <laughs> praise God Israel crossed this Jordan on dry ground can someone say praise God with me for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed just as the Lord your God had done to the Red Sea which he dried up before us until we had crossed that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Praise his name. Joshua said, if you do this, you will know that the Lord is among you. 
But after we've done this, he said, memorialize this so that the whole entire earth will know that the Lord is strong and mighty. We can serve him forever. Praise his name. Your actions make a difference. Your faithfulness and vision reap a harvest for generations to come. But know this, the reason the kids are in here because God intends, He still intends, for His children to be possessors in the promised land, not shepherds in the wilderness. Praise God. Amen. This is the new normal. Amen. I'm not content to wander around in the wilderness. How about you? Praise Jesus. Praise His name. Amen. Would you stand with me? I want to pray this morning. Would you bow your head? Close your eyes, please. Yeah. Yes. Um, prayer teams, would you come? There will be some on my left and on my right. Uh, over on my right, your left, there will be a prayer team, uh, two prayer teams, one in English, one is in Spanish and English. The one closest to the steps right here will be in Spanish and English, and then the one furthest away will be, will be the one that is in English. I wonder how many this morning that uh, the Lord, that you understand that you're in a new normal. God's asked you to do something. You're in, just raise your hand right now. With my, Just raise your hand wherever you are. I, I'm in a new normal. I'm in a new normal. How many God has asked you to do something? Would you raise your hand? That's a new normal for you. Different. Yes. Yes. He's raised. Raise your hand right now. God, God, God has asked you to do a new normal. I want to pray for you. This morning, how many are here? Do you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? This morning, would you raise your hand? Just raise it quickly. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yeah, you want to receive it? Just raise your hand. Raise your hand if you... Yes. How many are here this morning? You feel the Lord tugging at you. Today is the day for you to consecrate again your life to the Lord. Just raise your hand along with mine to consecrate my life to the Lord. Said, Lord, I'm yours. Yes, praise Jesus. Heavenly Father, in the strong and wonderful name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you are the captain of our salvation, that you know the way through the wilderness. Whatever that wilderness is in front of us, we thank you, Lord, that, our, that you've intended for our children those who come behind us to be rulers in the land of promise, possessors in the promised land rather than shepherds in the wilderness. I ask right now, Lord, that your grace would rain down upon us. Lord, we receive your grace. Church, would you receive the grace of God? Lord, I pray that you've, you have designated your church in your word, Lord, 2 Timothy chapter 3 declares that the church is the pillar and the bulwark of all truth. And Lord, we just love you for that, that we can be part of what you're doing. We receive your grace. Right now, Lord, would you, uh, church, would you say, Lord, I receive the miracles that you have for me. Uh, right now, Lord, I, we believe you. We anticipate miracles Lord, we expect them, but we anticipate, Lord, the grace of God to cover our life no matter where it is and where we go. In Jesus' strong name, 
We thank you. We love you now, Lord. We bless you. I pray for confidence in the new normal. Vision is everything, Lord. We want to see as you see, and we declare it in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord.